Happy Friday, everybody. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox. Before I introduce my guest today, the message of the week. This comes from Simon Sinek. He's a, a business icon and speaker, uh, really has uh, played a big uh, influence on me. He's been a big influence on me, I'd say, over the last year when I was introduced to him. He's got some great books, and he drops a lot of really great knowledge. This is from his... Uh, hit one of his Instagram accounts that's Simon Says Inspire. If you haven't checked it out, Instagram, Simon Says Inspire. He drops really great stuff all the time. And his quote is, our passion comes from who we are, not what we sell. And I think that relates a lot to my guest today, Sabra Mustafa. He is a real estate agent. He has his own business in Brooklyn. Uh, I've known him do you remember when we met, actually? Yeah, yeah. Which are you? Can you, you got to come a little oh, closer? Hello, a little closer to Hi, hello. <laughs> Speaking well, to the microphone. <laughs> Jeremiah, thanks for uh, inviting me and giving me this opportunity yeah, to yeah, share it's with a you. It's pleasure. Uh, the first time we met was probably at the the juice box. It was. It was uh, earlier than that. No, it was, was earlier it earlier than that. It was pre juice box. I used to live in six four two twentieth Street. Yes. Like 15 years ago yes. when you bought, what was it? 644. 644. I, I was Susan and Bill's tenant. That's right. And, That's right. and, and Tom, and, Tom and Kristen moved in uh, to the yes. top floor. That was when we first met. And it, what really struck me, because Susan and Bill are mad old school, you know, and they yes. didn't love everybody. And they were like, oh, you got to meet Saber. He's a great dude. And I was like, oh, if they say he's a great <laughs> dude. Like, like she, he's a retired cop from Red Hook. Yeah. She's a, a, she worked in the education system. She's from Bensonhurst. Like, tough cookies, you know? They're like, nah, he's a good dude. And I was like, all right, note to self. Like, this guy's got to be good. <laughs> So that, that was nearly 15 years ago, close to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah we purchased that property in 2006. Yeah, so uh, yeah, yeah Juicebox didn't that open like a year and a half later. Okay. So, it was, but we had just so met. You got a great memory. I, well, sometimes. <laughs> so, sometimes I'm good. Sometimes I'm like, what's your name? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and the really funny part was back then, uh, you know, I'm musician, Tom and Kristen involved in music too. And yes. they used to say, there's, there's this place on prospect ave the basement of this building like we can take it and i was like i was really scrambling at the time i was like you know i was a server in a restaurant you know and I was a bartender i didn't have how much money and my my wife was just getting started in her teaching career and i was like how much is it and you know tom was still uh he was still uh an apprentice he wasn't yes. a full harbor pilot yet so we all of us <laughs> we would like you know we would split a pizza between the two families it was good times our humble beginnings and yes humble beginnings and i was like man i can't afford that <laughs> right now and then lo and behold here we are so yes welcome it's really great to have you, you and have it's it's been a great relationship so far so you grew up uh, the, the studio here is uh 38 uh West 38th Street between 8th and 9th Ave and classic Hell's Kitchen. And this yes. is where you grew up. Yeah, we grew up. My wife and I, we grew up in Hell's Kitchen. Man, you got to tell me about this. This is one of my, even before I moved to New York City, I would read about Hell's Kitchen. I was like, man, just like, I know it was rough, but it also was like, it just sounded magical too yeah. at the same time. Elaborate, please. Well, if you ever, if you've ever watched the show, uh, The Deuce, it's probably 10 times worse. Of yeah, what yeah, you right. saw on, on TV and that episodes. Uh, but, you know, you know, we, we came to the United States. Uh, we migrated from Egypt in uh, in '72, <clears throat> and uh, you know, my family not not no not speaking English or anything like that. We uh, we came uh, to Harlem for about a year, and then from Harlem 
we moved down here because mm -hmm. my one of my brothers got a job at Vinnie's Fruit Market, and uh, our landlord amazingly was uh, Esposito Sausage. Oh yeah, Esposito right here market, on the right corner. On the corner. Man. Great and, stuff. And it's amazing, you know. It was uh, you know, uh, uh, my my mom, my dad, and uh, three siblings, and we were living in a railroad flat, mm -hmm. and we grew up in the area when it when it uh, wasn't. Uh, uh, what it looks like today, you know, <laughs> right. the 42nd Street Man. is not the 42nd Street that, right. that is it now, you know, right. 10th Avenue and 11th Avenue. Um, there were some shady stuff happening over there, and it was uh, pretty much uh, drug infested mm -hmm. and, uh, and a, lot of, uh, a lot of poverty. There was poverty, not the uh, condos and the big buildings that are going right. up in Disney being on 42nd Street right. today. You know, growing up, we would, kids, I remember this, and I don't know why it's coming back to me now, but the older kids would, like, in, in kindergarten, like, the, 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 the kids that were in, like, the fourth or the fifth grade, there were, like, 10 or 12 of us. We would walk to school together. Like, the older kids would take care of the younger yeah. kids. And then as we got older, we that's how it, you know... Mm -hmm. It played out. We would take care of. I the mean, younger you had kids. to, right? You, yeah, you didn't because, walk around alone. You, you mom and dad had to go to work, yeah. and it was you know, you know, parents. They, we just didn't have the luxury yeah. of uh, of a babysitter, right? Or uh, your parents taking you and picking you up from mm -hmm. school. Yeah. And no, so I didn't either. I so was like, kind of left to my yeah. own devices. <laughs> yes. Definitely got in some trouble because of that. <laughs> but uh, there were beautiful beginnings because we were able to play on the street. And yeah. that's how I met my wife at the age of 10. Man, that's know. amazing. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. So it's like there, there is that, you know, that reality of the poverty and the pressure. But then there's these stories that come out of it. And, and that I definitely read about a lot of that as a kid. And, and I've met people, other people. I used to work about uh, right around the time I met you. I was actually working for BET in the Viacom building oh. on 42nd Street. I was in their, their ad sales division for a year. Um, and, I, and I couldn't stand what 42nd Street and Times Square had become. So every day I would just pop out and I'd, I'd get over to Ninth Ave, you know, and at least there, you know, 15 years ago, you could find old school people like, uh, you know, Esposito's yes, is still here. But, you know, there was a bunch of old mom and pop shops. You could go get like a good cup of coffee and you got real interaction with people and you could get decent food still. And it wasn't ridiculously expensive and you felt like you were you were continuing, you were, you know, patronizing a legacy yes. and part of that, part of that story, part of that narrative. And so that was something that always really struck me about the neighborhood is like that nostalgia, that classicism. Uh, and to me, I know it was, I know it had to have been tough, but it, it did seem kind of like magical, magical narrative. And you ever unicorns, right? Yeah, you know, <laughs> it, it's funny you said that because like Hero Boys is still here. Yeah, it's, it's a I was there a couple owner, weeks ago. Yeah, you know, yeah, sure. But there was a bakery on 39th Street. Uh, the owner, her name was Maria. She's Polish. Uh, I believe she was Polish. And she made these delicious ices in the mm -hmm. summer, Hand, you know, homemade. Yeah. And I would tell her, like, I would, as a kid, you know, like your money, you had to stretch your money, you know? <laughs> so I would tell her, Maria, let me know when the cherry ices are all the way at the bottom, because I like the bottom, that uh, the sugar... You know, yeah, icy sure. part yeah. of the ices, and like she didn't have to tell me, but she would tell me. You know, yeah. you know, uh, you're not getting that kind of service she would anymore. Tell me, yeah. Hey, 
come soon. It's you know, and it's I would, that's when I'd go. I'd get my money. And, uh, you can't buy that. You can't buy those experiences. And unfortunately, it's not really happening. There are certain parts of Brooklyn where it's still like that. We have yeah, a, our neighborhood. We have a nice little. Good, yeah. shh, don't tell them all. Okay. No, you actually <laughs> want to tell them all. It's so funny because <laughs> I'm always caught between these two worlds where there's there's the people that live there, especially the renters. Yeah. The renters are like, yo, man, what are you doing? Stop talking about Windsor Terrace on the yeah. radio. And I'm like, yo, cat's out of the bag. Sorry, yes, son. It like is. your rent's going up. But then the, the older property owners are like, yo, keep it up. Keep it up, man. The real, you know, their, their house value is going up. And then real estate agents are like, <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> well, actually, in Windsor Terrace, you still have a lot of, uh, you know, uh, homeowners that have been there a long time. Oh, man, so like third they, generation, yeah, fourth so they, generation. We, we do appreciate a good tenant versus getting the market rent. Sure. And uh, But the, the, the people that are buying at market rate, out of fairness, they have to get higher rent because their mortgages sure. are much higher. And I tell everybody, you know, there's there's people that have been in a neighborhood for a long time, like myself, who, who are having to find a new place. And I'm like... Find somebody that's owned their home for, yeah, for twenty like years. years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like if you don't if you don't want to pay top of the top of the market, find a good old family that lives in the building. Their kids have grown up there. Come in, you know, with your you know your chin down and say, I, I just want a nice place. I want to be a good tenant. You know, if you go for a brand new building or somebody that just bought and they did a full renovation, guess what? You're paying at the top, you know? It's and a, that's just... amazing you say that. That's you for are. survival. You're paying for the amenities. Yeah, you know, but, the, it, the but it's, that's just for those people to get by with their building. They're not... That's not them, like, right. raking in cash. That's, like... That's the reality of it right now. And, and it, it, there's a big battle. I mean, it happens in the food industry as well. We could talk about that in the next segment. Um, where, where there's a lot of people that just are unaware of the realities, especially when you're talking about building ownership, not just home home ownership, but if you, if you own a building that has rentals in it, and I mean, there's some guys that are loaded and have a lot of buildings that may be a different story, but you know, if you're, if it's your only place, like maybe you have a two or three family home, you live there and you've got a couple rentals, you're not, you're not, you know, bringing in that Hawaii money <laughs> just no. yet, you know. You just and, want peace of mind, really, yeah, yeah. for whoever you're renting and, to. And it, I like what you said about that. You're, like, really looking for good tenants over, like, you know, the market rate. It's, yes. It's, uh, yes. That, that pays itself in gold because right. you're, you're, you're establishing. And that's what we do. You know, we establish a relationship with mm-hmm. all our tenants. And, you know, when their problems is, are, are our problems, and we want to be there for them because we, we've always, we're, I think what contributed to our success, my wife and I being married for 33 years, is that we always put ourselves in other people's shoes and say, you know, yeah. how would we want to be treated right. if we had this problem? And we were renters at one time, and mm-hmm. our apartment, not at our fault, was on fire. And not at, it wasn't our fault, but we've experienced, you know, some. Uh, hardships and being renters and we didn't appreciate the response we got back from yeah. that that particular owner at the time mm-hmm. and uh so i think that contributes to some I, of the stuff that we res- you know absolutely we, we absolutely put, put out there well it's like what you were talking about uh, about you know what hell's kitchen was like when you were kids i mean it was tough it was hard yes. you know and some people respond to that by becoming super hard as well but also, you know, pressure makes diamonds. So some people come out uh, quite differently from the same experience. I, I agree with you. Uh, you know, we both grew up with uh, friends that either uh, allowed the negativity affect them mm-hmm. neg- negatively 
Or they took that negativity and turned it into positive right. and say, you know what, I don't want to go that route because mm -hmm. I saw what my friends yeah. uh, went through and I would just rather do this. So, like, I started, we, we both started working at Young because we both came from hum humble beginnings. Right. He's Ecuadorian and I'm Egyptian. And uh, I started working at Vinny's Fruit Market at the age of 12. Right. You know, which, you know, it was just summertime mm -hmm. and, and she started working, I think maybe at the age of 14 or 15. And, uh, yeah, so, so, so yeah, it's a, it's a learning experience, definitely a learning experience. And, and, you know, you said something else you were talking about trying to put yourself in other people's shoes and, and a, and a big contributor, I think, to people's success is, is empathy. It's that ability to not just be hyper-focused on like your goals and what you're looking for. It's, it's this relationship and the marathon, not the sprint. Yes. Right, not like the short term, like, no, I just got to squeeze you right now. Yeah. Like, this could go on for a long time. How is it going to play out? And it takes, I think, a lot of empathy to see that trajectory and consider your environment and not just like, just me, you know, like, I got to. Yeah, gotta that empathy. Now. And, and it, it's amazing when, uh, you know, looking back now, you know, I'm 52 years old, looking back at my life. And uh, uh, if we would have uh, put, negativity out there i think that's what we would have been reciprocated negativity you, but you would, if we put positivity right. out there every time we've done the right thing uh it, it just got, came back to us pos positive or the reward we reap the rewards yeah. greater than what we've put out there um without having to pinpoint uh, certain things mm. and whenever we we uh, uh said you know what i really don't want to do this for whatever reason uh, we didn't get the same results of doing the right thing. Yeah. Well, there's a saying we, we tell the kids in the, the dojo on Prospect Ave often, if you plant apple seeds, don't expect oranges to grow. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> with that, we're going to take a short break, maybe grab an apple or an orange. We'll be back with you in just a few. You're listening to The Entrepreneurial Web. You're listening to The Talking Alternative Network. listening to the talking alternative network are you stuck in a rut negative thoughts feelings and conversations got you down hi i'm noreen sumter the potentiator tune in every tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m eastern time and listen for new ideas on my show beyond potential live life your way on talkradio.nyc are you a conscious co-creator are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day.
Welcome back, everybody. Once again, happy Friday. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox, here with my guest, Saber Mustafa. We ended the last segment talking about his humble beginnings in Hell's Kitchen, uh, resilience, how pressure makes diamonds, and if you plant apple seeds, don't expect oranges to grow. That's right. <laughs> yes. And I think these are a lot of things that are uh have been key to your success. But before we move on to that, let's talk about apples and oranges. You spent some time in the food industry. You were oh, just yes. talking about, and myself, I've, I've yeah. dabbled in food. Um, well, you, you got started in, in, a, in a fruit and vegetable stand at 12 years old here yes. in Hell's Kitchen. Yes. Well, let me, let me share something that I don't think a lot of your viewers or your listeners uh, please, know. Please. But in the Mama Papa fruit markets back in the days, you know, they took pride uh, the consumers didn't come and pick out their own produce. Mm -hmm. You would tell one of the workers, and they'd go pick it really? out for you and put it on the scale and, oh, and serve you. You didn't walk in the store and serve yourself in the 70s. It changed a little bit in the 80s and the 90s as the, <laughs> the, the supermarkets were opening Yo, the, up all over the, the place. The Park Slope mamas would not have that these days. No. And you got <laughs> to know great. it was more personable. You got to know yeah. your customers. You know what? how they like the tomatoes and the apples and, you know, what they like. Well, and butchers like are it. still like that, though. Yes. You go to a butcher, especially if you know them, and you're like, hey, this is what I need. And they just get it for you. You yes. don't like, you're not like, I want that you one. Know exactly you know yeah, what you exactly. like. That's amazing. See, I personally, I would love that level of service and and repeat business where somebody knows exactly what you're looking for. Like, oh, no, he likes the smaller apples because X, Y, Z or whatever, you know, and that's amazing. That's yes. really amazing. And I, and so that was my, my, you know, that's where I learned the business. And yeah. I wasn't very good in school. <laughs> you know? you're, you're in good you company. Know? Me either. I, I, you know, my, but I was a hard worker. My father yeah. always told me, you know, work hard and you'll grow <laughs> up the ladder. You know, it's funny. We're, we're talking about that because, uh, you know, that's that's what I got. You work hard, you grow up yeah. the ladder. Mm. That's what we heard at the dinner table versus uh, if you grew up in your parents were in stocks and real estate right. you hear different conversation at the table sure but i learned produce and i became very good at it and uh but i took i went from the mama papa stores to the to the chain stores the bigger ones yeah i just wanted to elaborate on what you were saying a moment ago like for me you know my parents both had college degrees they were the first i think in their families to get college degrees <laughs> prior was all you know very blue collar um and but that wasn't so much the discussion at our table. I mean, they encouraged education, but I think it's really interpersonal and like what's in your DNA. And for me, it wasn't school. Like I, I was the same. I get 12 years old yeah. in the summers. I was out there, man, <laughs> trying. My grandfather was a real he was a real hustler and he he was a woodworker, like a, mas a master carpenter and, and wood craftsman. And he had me like running his stuff around the neighborhood, like selling it door to door. And then I was like, yo, this is what I want to do. I'm not interested yeah. in school. And I really, I bombed in school. Like I, you know, I failed eighth grade. I dropped out in 11th grade. I dropped out in 12th grade. I was just like, yes. but I was running restaurants and I was running bands and I was making money. I was, mm -hmm. and I, the whole thing was to be independent, you know, and I didn't grow up hard. I didn't grow up. I grew up edgy, but not hard, you right. know, um, but you know, I think it's really about the person and if you, in your self-awareness, like me, I knew that the educational route, I, somehow I ended up getting a master's degree. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was a real roundabout way, but it almost had nothing to do with what, what success really ended up being for me. Um, and I think if it's like for anybody listening, if you feel like that's in your inside of you, like that's what 
your 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 soul, your being is telling you to do. You just got to go for that. Not to knock education, you yeah. know. But no, I agree like, with you. If you enjoy what you're doing, yeah. you never work a day in your life. And right. I enjoy absolutely. Like you're just produce. saying that on a break, and I yeah, I don't feel I like enjoy I'm, it. I rarely feel like I'm working, even though like I'm working all yeah. the time, but. Yeah. So I just wanted to drop that little bit in there. Go ahead with yeah, uh, yeah. And what I you enjoyed were the produce, and I became yeah. very good at it. I knew how to make a profit, mm-hmm. um, which is getting harder and, these days. And that that enabled me to to demand certain salaries mm-hmm. as I was going to the chain stores. Um, but uh, so so I like uh, my first uh, chain store was uh, Gristidi's mm-hmm. Red Apple Supermarket, yeah. and I grew up the ladder there. And, and then I left and I went to other markets and, and learned, you know, Food Emporium. I remember when Food Emporium was Dutch Shopwell. And then that was, that's when that was, it was like the dinosaur <laughs> supermarket, yeah. like almost like a large bodega. Yeah. And then they got really fancy and, and switched from Dutch Shopwell to Food Emporium. I was there during that transition. And then from there, uh, I became uh, an assistant produce manager and then a produce manager. Then I went back, circled back to Gristidi's. Um, and uh, it was funny, you know, young, you know, I, I got married young. I was 21. So, uh, you know, we had, you know, I, I didn't get it. The, the luck, like I, I did a lot of club and I was a break dancer as a kid and oh, all that stuff. I paid stuff. money to see those and videos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Ooh, really, I didn't know break that. dance, not just on the corners, yeah, but when we yeah. performed at the Roxy. Well, I mean, you were, you grew up and, in the, in and the, the heart in of this it, neighborhood. Man. I remember coming to Times Square as a kid and just be, like watching those kids and just yeah. being fascinated. That was where I was at, you know? And it's, That's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing because we knew all the bouncers. Do you so, have video? Is there, you know, is there some footage I, out there? You know, my parents Whoa. didn't encourage it, so oh, they yeah. would uh, <laughs> tear up the pictures and oh, get man, rid of everything. But there is a uh, Yo, an I'd ad. I'd love to see a picture of you in like a Adidas an, suit and a cane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, nice. there is one ad online, and, uh, and maybe I'll put it on my Facebook. Uh, and it's it. about the... The new dance craze. Yeah. It was ni- the Christian <laughs> Monitor, nineteen eighty-three. They, you know, they put my name. You know, we tried. My daughter, everybody tried to go back and look for stuff, and we just not. Able, you know, we my my parents just wanted me to go to school and work, yeah. and it just wasn't <laughs> dancing. You're not gonna dance. We're not gonna encourage Man, it. That's that's just a that yeah. was the gym of the day for me. Thank yeah. you. I feel completely. No, down. thank you. Yeah, bring, awesome. I still do it every now and then. My <laughs> wife gets me out there on the dance floor, oh, and I'll man. spin on my back. It's not as easy here. when you're yeah, 95, sure. you're 95 pounds, and man, when you're 200 you know, pounds. You got to hook up with <laughs> Cynthia King's sons because they're Kings, they're really yeah. talented, and and I I wanted to work with them a little bit because my daughters were when she was on Prospect, yeah. they were taking dance from her, and they did a big show, and, and my daughters were in it, and her sons came out, and I was like, yo, these yeah. guys are straight legit, and I like I have the body strength and the mobility i just need a you know the technique and the the courage so (laughs) so besides you know working hard in the supermarkets and being in the the fruit and vegetable uh, industry but we grew up with all these guys when they were just starting the Mm -hmm. rock steady crew jelly benitez eddie arroyo city sound record pool all this whole industry this whole area around here was prime for discos and rappers Mm. and dancers and and we uh, we all grew up, you know. We've you know uh, broke apart. You know, everybody grows right. up and go gets married and goes on their way. But thank God to Facebook, we're able to connect. 
That's amazing. Yeah. That's really amazing. You're you're even more multifaceted. <laughs> the, so the other time you really like uh, impressed me was when you had the fairway jacket on. I was like, yeah, where'd you get that fairway jacket? Yes. You were like, oh yeah, I used to work at fairway too. So what? When was that in the whole the whole chronology? Because well, um, fairways, I think, is an amazing market. I, but yeah, I think uh, when you when you enjoy doing what you do. And you you're able to, to enable you're able to enable yourself to make more. So I just went from uh, companies to companies uh, looking to see what what you know because I enjoyed it. So it doesn't matter where I go. Right, right. And I knew how to make money and solve problems for companies. So that that was an asset that I had that uh, people in the industry knew. Yeah, I knew. So whether it was, I went from Gristides to the Chico Sea Towns in Westchester <coughs> to uh, Morton and Williams supermarkets, and then I, uh, someone at Fairway discovered me and said, "Listen, we're we're having a big problem. We can't make a, you know we're we're selling volume, but our shrink, our sh- our waste is great because yeah. we have these massive stores. So I was able to go there, and uh, like." Like I shared earlier, when you enjoy something, you don't feel like you're, you're working because you enjoy it. And it got to that point, I was 45 years old at the time, and I didn't enjoy it as much as I did in my younger years because yeah. it takes a toll on you. Sure. But having a, a good job, making good income, my wife and I, we were able to invest in real estate. And that's how we started in our early mm-hmm. 20s. You know, Which is a good move. Yeah, when we were 25, we bought our first property, and we didn't know anything about right. <laughs> Windsor Terrace and what was going was on. Was that where you bought your first place? Yes. Wow. And were you living in Brooklyn at the time, or were you We were living, on, we were renting on uh, Cotillia Road, Stratford okay, yeah, yeah. and Cotillia. Sure. And, as I, and when I shared earlier, apartment got affected. Right. And that's what uh, I was, t- we, my wife and I looked at each other like, why are we doing this? We're renting, and this right. guy's giving us a hard time, and... And we didn't have money, but we made it happen. Yeah, credit I've heard, cards. I've heard it. I've heard a lot of people say that. Uh, you know, Susan and Bill—they were the first people we really talked to about it, and they were saying they used to rent on the floor we lived in in that house, and the person that owned the building wanted to sell it, and they offered it to them, and they were like, "We can't afford this right now." And but somehow they worked it out. And do do you know Ponzi? That yes. A couple of, yeah. He said the same thing. You know that that he uh, same scenario for him. He's like I couldn't afford this, but like they somehow you, you rub a couple sticks together. And yes. <laughs> you got to rub a few more sticks yes. these days than you did back then. But uh, but that the idea of getting to that point where you're you have more of a say in, in your future. You know, just like going into business yes, for and, yourself. And, 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 and success, whether you're your business or whatever you want to be successful in, it doesn't come easy. You mm-hmm. know, So nothing good right. comes easy. Right. And an elderly gentleman told me that. And it stuck with me f- from a young age. Nothing good comes easy. Mm-hmm. That if it did come easy, everyone would do it. Man, you... You sound like you take jujitsu because that's like yeah. the oh, same yeah. message <laughs> that we hear at the end of class all the time. Like, if it was easy everybody would do it. If there was a pill that just like made it happen, everybody would take it, but it's not. And things that have a lot of value often take a lot of work. And that's the takeaway. And I think that's a really great takeaway for people that are considering going into real estate, getting into property 
uh, ownership and management or just starting your own business, setting off on your own. Maybe you work for a company and you're, mm-hmm. you're not happy with it anymore. Maybe it was great for you when you were in your 20s, but now you're older and you want to do something else. It, it, it will be hard. And you will have to use credit cards. Yes. <laughs> you're gonna, yeah. you're gonna have There's to nothing rub. Wrong with that. No, you just got to be <laughs> smart. You're gonna have to rub some sticks together and make your own yes. fire. But you can, you can, you can do it. And and there is there are great examples out there like yourself uh, to that people can look to and listen to uh, to get some advice. Like it will be hard, but yeah. but I'm, you're not wanna, you're not alone. I want to share one one go ahead more thing about our first property. We walked out of the closing broke. Yeah, we didn't have money in the bank, and the lawyer told us write the check and postpone the checks, and I'll take care of everything. So when wow. we did that, he told everybody, "Don't deposit this yeah. after the closing." Yeah, he said, "Don't deposit this check <laughs> until this day." And we were broke. We I had a friend, a dear friend of mine, may he rest in peace, Sam Lopez. Uh, he had a hardware store, and he gave us the paint. On consignment, mm-hmm. yeah. he gave us the brushes. Right. He gave us like we were broke. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I am. But again, it goes back to I, I've been there. Good. I know, I know oh, that feeling. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're gonna take another short break. We'll be back <clears> with <throat> you shortly. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, the Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. If you were watching Facebook Live, sorry, we had a little technical difficulty, but we're back on the air. We're back with Saber Mustafa talking about building your own business, setting sail on your own voyage, whether it be professional or home ownership or building ownership. Uh, and, and the fact that 
there will be obstacles. It will not be an easy path. And let, I mean, even if you're funded, right, those yes. people still have yes. a hard time. They still, they still really have a rough, rough time of, uh, of, of life. Like things come up and, and it's not always, uh, roses and daisies, but like you said, if you love what you're doing, uh, and that's the vibe I always got from you that you were just like, you were always, you were always smiling. I want to read another thing that I, I, I just was like going through social media, but looking for stuff specifically for this show. And there's a couple other people I listen to. So Simon Sinek, who I, I quoted at the beginning of, of the uh, show, if you haven't, are you familiar with him? No. Oh man, you got to check him out. He's I great. Gotta, you would, have to, yes. It's funny because someone sent, he did this famous TED talk about 10 years ago and it just went viral and kind of put him on the map. And someone sent it to me. Like, I think you would find interest in this. And I, and I watched it and I'm like, man, this guy is like, he's really preaching to the choir right now, but you still need that yeah. reaffirmation. And I feel like the same, if I send it to you, oh, yeah. you, it would just hit you in the heart <clears> and you'd be like, man, that's exactly, I mean, he says it in a, in a way that maybe I wouldn't say it. And he's a little bit more educated. Um, and there's another, another gentleman named Gary Vaynerchuk. Are you familiar with him? No, I'm not. Uh, another guy, he was a wine guy. He was like Mondo wine guy. He took a, he took a $3 million retail store to a 60 million online e-commerce business in wow. like no time. Yeah. And then he transitioned into media and, uh, and he's really phenomenal and says a lot of really great stuff. So this is, this is from, uh, from his Twitter account and it says success needs to stop being talked about in terms of how much money you have. It needs to be talked about in terms of how many smiles you put on your face. Yes. And that was another thing that really I like struck that quote. me. Right. I figured you would because you're just like, no matter what, <laughs> like there's a water pipe saver. There's a water, a water leak. And you're like, it's OK. <laughs> like you're smiling. You're like, let's just meet and let like nothing really phases you. And and that always impressed me about you. And uh, and and I, I can't help but imagine that has led that has been a major contributor to to your success uh so thank you you also that bring that sort of calmness to the table too but I, whenever i speak to you yeah you're, but you're, i feel like i've learned that from watching people like you oh, like i you. you know i've known you for a while and i've watched you operate and you know me i mean you know you're a little older than me and you were established already so i'm trying to get set up and i'm looking as a young person you know a younger i mean i'm, I'm 10 years in now on prospect Ave at least you know in terms of business a little more actually and, you know, I was definitely like a young bull and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go get it all, you know. But I, I started to say, like, who who's the person to follow? Who's like really doing things the way uh, first that I that I think are valuable? And it was the same for me coming up in business. You know, I've always I would run small businesses for people and I would be like the second in command in a lot of places where I was right under the owner in many, many situations. And some of the guys were quite abusive, you know, not always to me necessarily because, you you know, you usually take care of like your your best people, yeah. but just in general abusive. And I remember as an employee and a manager thinking, if I ever get to that point, man, I don't want to be this abusive person. Like yeah. and, and in the it's not necessary. It's not in like late 80s, early 90s, yeah. when I was really starting to like get into the workforce and seeing that, I, I, you know, that was all there was. There was yeah. nobody like Simon Sinek and Gary Vaynerchuk and Tony yeah. Robbins. He's another one I listened to. Like oh, Tony Robbins. With, yeah. Yes. Everybody knows him. But these great messages. Yeah. Nobody was saying that yeah. back then. This is like the, the I listen to Joel Olstein every now and then. Oh, I don't know who he is. Oh, I he's check uh, him out. Yeah. Yeah. He's on on Sunday mornings, Channel 7 or 8 eight or nine one of those channels okay. he's pretty good cool I'll, I'll look into him we, we can exchange some yeah. some mentors there but yeah nobody was really really saying this stuff and then you know 
as I got older and, and it just happened uh, organically and I kind of didn't realize it happened. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden I became like the elder statesman where everybody's like, you know what's up. What do we do? And I'm like, me? Yeah. <laughs> you me? And I was like, well, this is how I would do it. And, and everybody was like, yeah. And it was not abusive. So I came up in that where like people were, I mean, I saw like yeah, they chefs thought, kick people and throw metal objects yeah. at people. And I'm like, I'm never going to do that. And I haven't. Yeah. So I'm yeah, proud no, Well, that, that was uh, an old, old way of thinking. Right. You know, if you're mean, you get, you'll get, they're going to respect you and get the job done. But you could be nice and... And keep and people. I, I find people are more productive when they're happy. Yeah. Another thing that Gary Vaynerchuk is constantly saying is that kindness is not a weakness. No. Like it's that's your strength. But yes. Twenty years ago, it was definitely seen as a weakness, a weakness. and th- and they, people would just plow over you. And then if you look back, like a lot of those people that I that I worked with back then and that I used to look up to, I look at them now, and they're like. A lot of them, they ain't doing shit. You know, it, it's there, but not in a good situation. It's funny thinking back the supermarket uh, uh, business in the uh, '80s when I was uh, yeah. uh, been being promoted. Scene. Yeah, it was verbally abusive. Right. Oh yeah, and what con- I think <laughs> that's <what> granted con- <laughs> yeah. contribute to my success is that I wasn't verbally abusive right. to my workers because I got pr- I was the youngest promoted supervisor mm-hmm. at Gristides. I was, I think, 24 yeah. at the time when I got promoted. The same thing with 26 to me. stores. Yeah. Wow, really? Yeah. Yes. That's phenomenal. Yeah, and uh, and I would treat the workers the way I would want it to be treated, right. and when it was time for them to be there, for, they were always there yeah. for grand That's openings. The they would come That's and work, you know, just come and volunteer their work just yeah. to, to be part of and Well, I support. think the point is, is if you treat somebody like a number, again, if you plant apple seeds, don't expect oranges. They're going to give you just that number back. But if you treat them as human, you can get human behavior back. Yes. And, and thinking more long term with these people as opposed to like, I got a bottom line that I got to take care of right now and you're just a contributor to that. That's that's pretty short term. Yeah. That's, that's the sprint. That's, was the, that's the young bull that peters out and he's on the side of the road. And yes. I'm not going to give the bull analogy <laughs> on radio. What's up, Amber? I see you. So um, so talk to us about how you transitioned from that into I mean, you talked about buying your first building. Where did it go from there? How did you how did you go about because you you worked for other people as yes. a real estate agent for a while and then. Yeah, so we were earning, uh, my wife and I earning decent income, and uh, so we bought our first property, we kind of enjoyed, we saw the, the, you know, the rewards we reaped mm-hmm. from that first, you know, having rental, uh, passive right. income, and, and, a, and a great tax deduction from it, and uh, so we, we, you know, borrowed against, when, when right. you have a, a property and you have equity in it, you can borrow when we we were broke, <laughs> now we built equity. Against, yeah. We have something to borrow against. It's like a like and we didn't know right? any of this stuff, right? You know, but thank God I've always uh, hung out with elder people older right. than me. You oh, know? you know who I, I wanted to talk about today? We have to mention George. Oh, oh I, man, I, George. man, I miss George yes, so bad, and yes. all those coins, and that was another indicator to me of how good natured you were, because you would pick him up. <laughs> like George was not always easy to yeah, I would to take uh, him shopping and to to digest. <laughs> you know, he would be at my coffee shop every morning, like an yeah. hour before we opened, knocking on the door, and I'm like, man, I can't, I yeah. got nothing for you. It'd be raining outside though, but 
when I'd see you pick him up and just, I was like, man, that's because my, my wife is the same way. My wife would always make extra time for George. She would be like, you take care of him. No matter what yes. you're getting, nothing is too important. And when I saw you do that, I was like, okay. Cause I think my wife is one of the most best natured people on the planet. And when I saw you do the same thing, I was like, okay, this guy's, he's good. Well, I, 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 I truly believe when I look back at all my life, you know, um, I learned so much from older people, mm -hmm. uh, elderly people, yeah. whether just having a conversation or listening to their uh, life experiences, um, you know, and, and I would always ask them this question, if you were my age, I don't know why, where I got this question, uh -huh. but all my life I would ask them, and I must have asked a hundred uh, elderly people, if you were my age and you had money, what would you do? And just... Throw it out there. Yeah. And I got some good responses yeah, back. <laughs> the vibes coming out of this today. It's got to be because we're back in your your, yeah. your your little home. My wife uh, my wife just joined the Facebook Live. Oh. I'm, I'm wondering if she heard that little bit about George. If you didn't hear that, Patty, we'll, we'll play it back for you later. What's up, Noreen? How you doing? So um, another thing that Gary Vaynerchuk is always talking about in, in suggesting young people who are interested in like getting going to do is to go hang out with old people yes and talk to them and see what they say because you have that when you're that age you have that that many years of experience that that, uh, that opportunity and that uh what's there's another word i'm looking for but the the privilege of hindsight and and he's like uh, you know a lot of them have regret and it's about it's not like oh, i regret that i wasn't more uh frugal or whatever it was like i regret i didn't go after what I really wanted to. And it, did you get a similar experience? Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, one guy, and he very wealthy, said, I regret that I didn't go on many vacations. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wow, okay, I'm going to start going on, go vacation. on vacation. Nice. <laughs> you know, so we booked a vacation, you know. And it's funny because it doesn't cost anyone any money to talk to someone or to pick someone's brain or get advice. And, and, and I found generally people enjoy helping yeah. people or sharing their advice mm -hmm. or their life's experiences. And someone 20 or 30 or 40 years older than me has been already through maybe a bad re uh, uh, financial cycle, recession, right. whatever, whatever. So many things. The market like, up, the market right. down, how they've w been through it. And I haven't, I, uh, you know. Right. Yeah, same here. And I, I, you mentioned something before. You were talking about you and your wife. Like you were like, we didn't know what to do, but mm -hmm. you still just. It's yeah. like you, it, there, there are risks. You have to just get yes. out there and do it, and you will learn. So from the first property we bought, uh, we enjoyed it. So we bought a second, and then we bought a third, and then family members saw our success when they were telling us, what are you doing? You're crazy. You're right. buying it. You know what you're getting. Especially get. at that point in New York. It yes, wasn't like people were high yeah. tailing. <laughs> we bought our first property in 94, 95, and that and interest rates were crazy. Right. And now they're coming to me and say, oh, help me. So I would help them. I yeah. Just help them because I've been through the process a couple right. of times, and I enjoyed helping family and friends or friends of family or friends of friends, yeah, that's it. take them through the system, and yeah. we were not making any money. Right, right. You know, we were just glad to help. You know, pass that. Uh, you know, uh, 
pass forward what was given to us. Yeah. People helped us, so we just wanted to pass it forward. And then my wife told me one time, uh, why don't you go get your license? It was like, <laughs> get my license? <laughs> I'm a producer, you know, we're making X amount of about? money. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like me, someone's like, why don't you do a radio you, show? And I'm like, huh? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not making money off of it. Not it, yet. But. It's, it's amazing <laughs> when other people notice a talent in you that you haven't, yeah, right. that you're doing oh, and you haven't discovered it yet. That keeps happening to me. Well, That's great. You said it is. You said some really great things that I want to pick up on on the next segment. We're going to take one more quick break. We'll be back with you in just a moment. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. Yes. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, wingalternative.com. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. PS-154, PS-154 Brooklyn. My kids went there. One of them's still there. Uh, Shout out to 154 if you're listening. Um, It's it's on 11th Avenue uh, in Brooklyn, 11th and and Prospect. Uh, Great school. Can't can't say enough good things about it. Uh, Do great with fundraising. So if you got some bread, share it. They got great pro- programs going on there. Speaking of sharing, so we ended that last segment. You great bit you were talking about. Just you were doing, you were just helping friends and family and friends of friends and friends of family, and you weren't considering being a, a, a broker, a real estate agent, or anything like that. You were just like, oh, let me help these people. And then your wife was like, you should get your license and do this. You can make money. And you're like, what me? <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, like I, w- I was advocating to people the benefits of owning your own home. <laughs> Because when, when you when you don't know, you don't know. Right, exactly. You know? And people would look at me like, what? What do you mean? They, it's like you don't understand it, but when you do own, you, you, you get it. After yeah. a couple of years, you mm-hmm. see the benefits. Yeah. Uh, so she said, go get your license. So I went and I got my license. And but I still kept uh, with the supermarket, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, right, you gotta you gotta work them both yeah. for a little while for sure. So we parked our real estate license with a broker, and my last job, and I saw I must have had my license for about ten years, 
um, active. It was active, but I wasn't using it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, at uh, you know my last job with Fairway, when um, I just uh, I didn't enjoy doing it anymore, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I said, oh, well, let me go. And uh, well, let me be a little bit more honest. Uh, they were looking to cut salaries. At Fairway, at Fairway, so yeah. they, they some some genius <laughs> at that time said, "Well, we're going to cut all the supervisor's salary because they're overpaid, but not his salary." Right, you're right. Of course, he was, I think, the vice. Uh, well, I don't want to go into all that detail. So, <laughs> would, so we're going to cut thirty percent across the board. Uh, so I went into a meeting and I said to my boss, "I said, you're going to cut my salary thirty percent. Do you cut my job load by thirty percent? Right. No, no, you got to still keep doing the same thing." I said, "No, you got my two weeks' notice." Right. <laughs> and That's I it. Uh, and that, that I think that was the turning point for me where it just uh, I said, uh, "You know what? I've been successful making people money." All my life, and that's why right, I'm making. Right. That's why they're paying me the salary that I'm, mm-hmm. you know. But in, in actuality, when you're working and you're producing, you're actually. I look at it back now, and you're you're actually paying yourself because mm-hmm. if you were not making the money, they couldn't afford to pay me the salary I was making. So I, I look right. at it a little differently today. Sure. So w- I took a break. You know, I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm gonna go back to do real estate or you know activate my license i think it was two or three months home and someone a broker that uh, uh, i i bought a property from called me to sell me a property and i says oh no i'm you know this and that and he goes why don't you come sit in the office and uh, we'll have coffee and that's how he and lured you, me right, in. Right. You're like, like what? Oh, oh, I'm not doing anything. And you, I know you like coffee. You're always yes. like, you got any coffee? Yes. <laughs> and so we went there, and one thing led to another. It wasn't easy. Again, yeah, good things sure. don't come easy. Sure. I think the Especially first year industry. was a struggle. Yeah, yeah. But we built a, a name for ourselves, and we built a great relationship with the landlords and homeowners. And from that, I got my broker's license. And I was very grateful to the gentleman that told me come and hang out with me in his office. We asked him if he would allow us to be partners with him. Mm-hmm. And I've explored that on many, many times over a year and a half. But he didn't want to do that. So then uh, I, we, we, you know, we went on our own. Mm-hmm. My daughter at that point now, she had her license. Oh, wow. Right. You know, and we said, okay, so we're going to move on. This. Man, that's amazing. And I got my broker's license. Before I was just a salesman right. license, I yep. got the broker's license. That enabled me to open up my own uh, location. So you said something a minute ago, and I want to I share this last uh, little tidbit. This, is, again, is from Gary Vaynerchuk from his LinkedIn account. Are, do you mess with LinkedIn yes. at all? Yeah. Phenomenal uh, resource there. And, and I... All these things that, you know, this kind of world I've been thrust into over the last few months dealing with, you know, radio and, and I, you know, I've always been involved in vis- business, but the, the connectivity, the, the web that the, you know, that the show uh, signifies, it's attracted a lot of real estate people, which is interesting to me because I've just never associated with them much. I don't own a home, you know, I, right. you know, I was in one place for 10 years, so I didn't need a real estate agent, you know. Um, but in terms of uh, talk about personal brand, and, and I mentioned this to you earlier, like you all have been doing it for a while where 
you know, and I said this to another lady, we did a, a you know, I told you we were doing like focus groups, like round tables at Della uh, once a month. I had a real estate agent come on and it just occurred to me, you know, I'm like, wow, you sell somebody else's home. Like I sell somebody else's wine, you know, it's like packaged already. There's nothing I can do but about it. You do it, it. well. Like, I do it well, but it's like, it, what's the commitment? You know, 10, 20, maybe 50 bucks. Like you sell somebody else's home. And you don't know necessarily, I mean, you, you have to develop an eye over time of like, oh, that could be an issue or this is solid. This is great. You know, you know what to highlight and what maybe needs some attention. But like you kind of don't know, all, you know, you can't possibly know all the little nuances of that. So it really comes down to you and who you are and, and your reputation. And this this I just thought was a really great tidbit it was it says uh people make buying decisions based on humans for example if you're a real estate agent this is just i just saw this yesterday yeah. which is ironic again the vibes they're here man because you were coming on if you're a real estate agent some people literally won't buy from you because they didn't like the way you said hello others are more tactical they'll want to know the specifics of past homes you've sold or results you've gotten and make their decision off of that First, recognize what your value prop really is. Is it experience? Is it charisma? Is it being detail-oriented? Is it work ethic? For me, I just really like good people and being friends with them and doing business with them. If I were in the market and met a real estate agent who just struck me as empathetic, kind, good person with good intent, I'd be much more likely to buy a home from them. And so I feel like you all have kind of been on We've that been tip for a while where yeah. people like me and other people who have different kinds of businesses that that the the, the revolving door is 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 different. You know, uh, like when someone walks into my restaurant or my wine store it's pretty much guaranteed they're going to buy something. How much they spend, it you know, has to do with the number of factors. Um but it's it's kind of done. But your situation is is much different. And how, how did that how did that was it obvious to you or did you have to get that from the elder statesman? Like for me, I, it's just like kind of hit me lately. And I'm like, it's something I've always done, but I never was aware of it really. And I feel like real estate agents in particular, you all have you're active in it. you're aware of well, it. And, well, and working I think, with it. you know, human beings, we have that barometer. You know, if you if you sure. can, if you if you Intuition. talk to to people enough, you know if someone mm -hmm. is truthful or not, right? And you know if someone is being honest or not. Just and trying to uh, sell you something. Is, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I. Um, it seems to me though, like you're really big on reputation. You oh, want yes. our you word want is our your word. name to be good, like no matter yeah, what, uh, and we, you will make good on that, yeah, no matter what happens. They've been cases where we uh we broke even you know sure. just to uh keep the client happy yeah. or in, in some cases uh lose lost, not lose yeah. a lot but uh, you yeah. know lose because uh that uh well it's because it's it's the long haul it's not yeah it's not the short we don't want to have that bad reputation or that bad you know the, with the web today people could just smear you and right and but the other thing, you. the other thing that's happening with the internet too. What I've been, what I'm hearing lately is that just like everything is getting commoditized, even homes. You know, mm -hmm. it's like you can buy and sell a home just online now. You know, so what is or will be able to soon? You know, and if blockchain yes. and stuff like that comes in, like it, it could eliminate banks. So then, what you're left with is just like the raw product. Like here's the home. 
and the person where everything yeah. else in the middle is just going to be like a bunch of gray matter. So I feel like it's it's you. I feel like real estate agents and somebody like you in particular have really been doing it. Yeah, and, we're and, selling ourselves, chiseling that craft for and a long time. That relationship and that. My point yeah. is, like, if you're no matter what you're getting into, if you're if you're setting off on your own or you're starting to, it is a big consideration. You need to take it seriously. And if you know a good hearted real estate agent, buy them coffee. Talk to them, especially yes. if they're a little yeah. older. I'm not saying you're <laughs> old, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but 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 get some feedback because I, I've I've just I've gotten so much lately out of conversations uh, with good real estate agents with good people and you know they're not all like sleazy car salesmen like i used to think (laughs) yeah and whether it be real estate or whatever business you're in you know closing remark you got the last word go for it it. it's amazing everything is possible in the united states you know don't think it's not possible right you know just put the the positive effort to do it and run with it man that's it that's how we're gonna end put that positive effort in there and run with it thank you so much thank you such a pleasure having you on Really great. It's been an honor. Awesome. Thank okay, you. everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. Take that positive energy. Get some good stuff happening. Have a great weekend. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. <laughs> Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Hey, all you crazy listeners, looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at TalkingAlternative.com. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York 
weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 